Welcome to Whole Lot of Wolves, episode 18 of our second season. We're your hosts. I'm Joshua Buckley. I'm Paula Page. And for the third episode running, we have a new voice accompanying us on guest duties, Paul. We're going to keep the L.A. flavor going after welcoming Trevor Raley from SoCal Wolves last week. And this week, we are bringing in someone who became a nice little superstar amongst Wolves fans last week with his trek from L.A. over to Wolverhampton for the Norwich game. Welcome, Mr. Adam Reamer. How's it going, Adam? What's up? Well, it was it was Burnley. I saw Burnley. Oh, I was, yeah, that's uh... right. It was Burnley. Not no... <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm getting my nil-nil draws confused here. Yeah, they were both boring. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you have quite a story. So first off, we always like to have new guests talk about how they became Wolves fans, and then we'll go into your whole little trek last week. So what made you a supporter of Wolves? Yeah, you know, <clears throat> my best friends growing up that I've known really my entire life are a lot of them are big supporters of other clubs and have been for a really long time. And when lockdown happened in 2020, we started getting on Zoom calls. We all live throughout the country. We all live all throughout the United States. None of us really live in the same area. So we started getting on Zoom calls on Saturday nights and just hanging out and catching up and talking. And we'd get on for six, seven hours and just chat. And when Premier League started to come back and there was a little bit of a schedule coming out, like they would always be talking about Liverpool or Chelsea or Spurs or Manchester United, which is the teams they support. And I thought, what if you guys have teams? My the Cubs, who I'm a big Chicago Cubs fan, they're not back. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick a team and I'm gonna support. I'm gonna find a team to support. And I didn't want to pick one of theirs. That's boring. And I've never gotten to pick a team before. I've My teams have always been handed down to me to, from my dad, so I've never had a choice. And so I thought, if I was going to pick up, I'm a huge baseball fan, so I thought if I was going to pick a baseball team, what team would I choose? And it wouldn't be the Cubs. Like, I wouldn't choose to be a Cubs fan. Like, who would do that to themselves? Yeah, we're masochists. Um, but I kind of went um, through... A few things like uniforms. I love jerseys. I love uniforms. I'm obsessed with them ever have been ever since I was a kid. And so that immediately eliminated certain teams. Some teams are just like, no, like terrible uniforms. Get those out of here. What would be a team that was not in super danger of getting relegated? <laughs> like that was up there, Watford or whatever, like that would have been dangerous. Although I think at that point they weren't even in the Premier League. Or maybe they were. And then it just kind of came down to I watched a bunch of old games. I kind of narrowed it down to a few teams at that point. I thought, oh, these are interesting. And I watched some games. I got FIFA and played some FIFA. I followed all I thought I was looking at social media and I love what Wolves did on social media. I think they've got an incredible social media team and their media team in general. They had full matches up on their YouTube channel, which made it really easy for me to go in and watch. I, I watched the game where they came from behind to beat Manchester City. All those things coming together. And my friends also thought they loved Nuno. They thought, oh, you guys have Nuno and Traore. And like, it's a pretty exciting team, dude. That's a good team for you to support. Ultimately, I decided, all right, it's going to be Wolves. That's And that's kind of how it happened. Paul, isn't it funny? His story sounds a lot similar to mine, doesn't it? Yeah, but I think just in sports fans in general, like when you mentioned about the jerseys, uh -huh. and I was exactly the same growing up. I'd collect jerseys, no, no matter the team, just based yep. on the design. And I vividly remember that's how I used to do my colouring. It was team jerseys. So there's all these little factors that you never really consider, but they do, they do make an impact. And it still blows my mind that you guys are picking teams based on us not being a relegation threat, which <laughs> I'm still getting used to. I'm still looking over my shoulder till we're at 40 points. So to hear you and others say, yeah, one of those mid-table teams, no danger relegation. I'm, I'm looking around. Who's he talking about? And I'm thick and thin now. So if God forbid... I don't even. I don't even want to talk about that. I don't want to say it. I'm not even that <laughs> That's right. That's uh, relegation talk is outlawed here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny when people still ask me like, "How'd you become a Wolves fan?" And I say, "Look, I'm a typical American. The first thing I looked at was like, what's the team had a cool logo and a cool jersey. And I think Wolves know that about the logo because even their marketing people have brought it up. Like, we have one of the most unique and powerful logos in all of soccer." 
And they use it in such a great way when I was over there last week and and to see how they use it around the stadium and around in, in, in the city even. And there's so much you can do with the just the eyes and the face and the just even the shape. So, yeah, that I, it's the best logo in the Premier League, period. Yeah, I agree. So you've got a really big social media following because of your work. You you obviously worked with Linkin Park for several years, and yeah. then you're uh, big time into the music business. So you've got a huge following. And then you decided, I'm going to take a trip to Wolverhampton to see Wolves. Talk about how you decided to do that trip and what the experience was like. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, I did. I worked for the band Lincoln Park for a very long time. And so I've got a ton of Twitter followers and they're pretty much all Lincoln Park fans. And whenever I tweet about anything not Lincoln Park related, like no one really cares, but I, I do it. They, they're all just all the him and the Cubs or so it's funny now because I've gained like 1300 followers in the last few weeks. And it's so <laughs> fun. I can tweet about wolves now and like people are interested in it. I knew immediately when i started following wolves i was like the day i can travel i'm getting over to wolverhampton we, we my wife and i travel a lot i've i used to tour with lincoln park actually so i've been all around the world and so i love getting my passport filled up and england's one of my favorite places on earth i, I love london i can i could i'd love to live there someday and so we were just sitting at home a couple months ago my wife and i and Actually, I think we were watching Ted Lasso or something, and she was like, "We got it. Why don't we go over there?" And I said, "Yeah, let's do that." And the first thing I did was, "Let me see what Wolves are doing, and let's find a good week when, when they're playing a team that like we could get tickets to. I want to go to a night game, so that was high up there too." And Burnley ticked those boxes. It was like I could get tickets to Burnley. That shouldn't be a problem. And it's at night during the week, like. It all added up to just being the per the week after Thanksgiving. It was a really good time for me to take some time off of work, for her to take some time off of work. It came together like pretty perfectly, actually. I had a ton of credit card points left over from the last two years of doing nothing. So pretty much booked the whole thing on credit card points and yeah, it worked out beautifully. <laughs> so how'd you get the tickets? Did you find them on a third party site or ask around? Or I know Wolves also hold some for international travels. I yeah, when I asked around a little bit, and people mentioned that, and I did email the club, and they said, oh, no, you've got to go, you just buy the tickets regular. And I actually had one of my artists that I used to work with, it's this band called Paris, that one of the guys lives over in England, and he's always told me, if you ever come over, you have a buddy who works for the Premier League, and he can hook you up if you ever need. So I talked to him, and he was going to hook me up. But it was coming down to the wire before we left, like a week and a half, and he still hadn't gotten back to me. And there were still some available on the site. So I said, whatever, I just bought the international memberships and bought the tickets directly from Wolves. And literally the next day he emails me, says, my buddy's got you hooked up. And I go, oh, I already bought the tickets. <laughs> but it worked out anyway, because I think the tickets he was going to get me were some like VIP, whatever. And I was like, no, I want to like sit with the fan. Like, I want to be like in it. I don't want to be at whatever kind of whatever experience. Yeah, I just bought them on the website. <laughs> And your Twitter had a whole bunch of cool photos of you touring the locker room in the field. How'd you get that? Did you just uh, sign up for a tour? I wanted to. I, I really wanted to go on a tour, but they only did them on the weekends. And we were there. We were only going to be there on the Wednesday. And a week before we left, I got a DM from the club. I saw Wolves follows you on Twitter, and then they DM me and said, hey, we've seen all your posts about you come over here. That's amazing. We'd love to give you a tour. Let us know when you're here. And I actually, 10 minutes later, got a, a DM from, I don't think I've mentioned this in anything I've talked about so far. I got a DM from Russell, who's like the GM of like marketing for Wolves. He DMs me and says, I saw you work in the music industry. Like we launched Wolves Records. We're doing a showcase the night before that game. Like you should come. And so we smart, very yeah. smart. <laughs> so we were going to move our, we were only going to go up Wednesday and come back Thursday, but we moved everything to come up Tuesday so we could do the stadium tour. And then we got to go to the showcase and I got to meet Russell. I got to meet the guy who actually set up the deal for, for the record label. They're distributed by Warner music group, which is, I work for Warner music group. And, I actually had dinner with my friend in London the night before and asked him about this guy who set up the deal for Warner. He's like, yeah, I'm having dinner with him next week. And turns out this guy and I have a million mutual friends because it's the music industry, it's the smallest industry in the world. So like that alone was like a really cool thing that we got to do the night before. J Jeff She was there, which like I, he was standing over in the corner. And I, I just nudged my wife and I go, 
do you have any idea who like who that is? And I, I use the Cubs analogy. So that's t- that's the Tom Ricketts of the Wolves, yeah. who's the owner of the Chicago Cubs. And so that that was pretty cool to be in the same room as as him and see him. And got to see some really amazing artists and chat with people from from the club. And then yeah, but we got when we got to Wolverhampton, we dropped our stuff in the hotel and just walked right to the stadium. And we were met by Josh and Kieran from the team from the digital team on wolves and they just took us around the stadium and they were like where do you want to go i was like i don't know like everywhere (laughs) and we got to we got to go out right where the walk through the tunnel where the players go we went to the dressing room we went to the kind of back areas we went all to the old side where they haven't quite remodeled yet it was like a throwback to the 70s and the old carpet we got to see the executive boxes and they were so cool and it was cool because i work in digital marketing in the music industry and and i almost enjoyed talking to them more than the actual tour because they were asking me questions about what i do and i was asking them questions about what they do and so that was like a really fun connection that that i got to make there so paul how jealous are you I know, just saying, <laughs> I, I saw so, some of the social media following Adam, though, and people were posting how genuinely excited they were to see someone else experiencing that for the first time. So I was definitely in that camp that you could be 7, 37, 47. It's your first game. That there's something special about it, and that whole experience to back it up, it's yeah, once in a lifetime. I remember the first time I went to Wrigley Field where the Cubs play and walking out and my dad, I was six, and my dad points up and he goes, that's where Harry Carey was the Cubs announcer. That's where mm-hmm. Harry Carey is. And, and looking up there, and I and I'd never forget seeing the Ivy and seeing the field. And it was that same experience. I've only been a fan for 18 months, but I've been so invested in this club over the last 18 months. Walking through... and. It's weird because when you're back there, you're disoriented. You're not really sure where you are in the stadium. But as soon as we got into that tunnel, I was like, I know exactly where we are. Like, (laughs) I I know where we are. And then you open the doors and boom, there's the field. And it was like kind of a religious experience. (laughs) That's awesome. And it looked like you just had a blast. How many of the chants did you have to learn ahead of time? I learned as many as I could. I was like watching YouTube videos. Someone told me to follow the Wolves songs account. And so I I was trying to learn all of them because I was like, I want to sing all the songs and I want to be part of the environment. And it lived up to all of it. (laughs) And unfortunately, it was a zero zero game. I I thought what was very humorous where people on Twitter were apologizing to you, including journalists were like, oh, sorry about that. I know. And. People were apologizing for it. And Wolves fans were, they were uh, amazing. They were so nice and so whatever. And there were a few fans of other clubs who was like, this guy, essentially, this idiot came all the way out here from LA for his, a nil-nil. And I'm just like, yeah, who cares? Like, you don't, this is like such a, they could have lost 10 to nothing and I still would have had the best time ever. It's a, it's, it's an experience not a lot of people get to have. And I'm so lucky that I got to have it that and i didn't care that they were playing burnley some guy was like for burnley and i'm like I don't, i'm not yeah, interested yeah, in seeing mo salah like i i want to see raul i was bummed i didn't get to see neves but i want to see our guys i don't care about anybody else it was cool then i saw arsenal like somebody from arsenal tried to steal your photo someone from uh, an arsenal fan yes stole my photo and said he was coming out and like that tweet started to take off. So, and I, I'm just like, whatever. I just responded to it at one point. Like um, these fans are bandwagoners. They were at wolves last night. Like they need to pick a team. And like <laughs> sounds like a great experience. I know guys like me that have never been there. were living vicariously through your photos. It was just a, an awesome time. And yeah, just seeing even all the fans and the journalists interact with you on Twitter was pretty cool to see. Yeah, like going over there from the U.S., like you hear about soccer hooliganism and you hear about you hear all these stories. And yeah, there was a bit of me that was like a bit nervous of what's it like? I've been to a million sports games over here, but what's it like over there? And truly, I really hope if anything came out of this, it's that I showed American fans who maybe were nervous to go over or not sure go do it. It's the greatest environment in a city full of just beautiful, kind, nice people. We just kept meeting the nicest people. It was so weird. 
people, I don't know if they, rec- I doubt they recognize my face, but we would just be out and talking and someone would go, are you the American coming over? <laughs> they would, that happened probably six or seven times where we'd just be out somewhere. I would be talking and someone would tap me on the shoulder and say, are you that American? And I, when I worked for Lincoln Park, I used to, when I would be on tour, I would always have a bag, and I still do to this day, a bag of their guitar picks that the guitar player used. And if I would ever come across a fan or if I was on tour and I was at a restaurant and they were like, what are you doing here? I would always give out guitar picks. And so I I thought, I want to bring something cool to give out to everybody who's been so nice. I had these really cool Wolves metal guitar picks made that says, thanks for welcoming us to the pack. And it had the logo on it. And so every time I was stopped or I met somebody when we were at the pub, we met a bunch of people or we were at a restaurant and the, and the, or the pub and the bartender was cool. I would just hand out picks to everybody. So that was a fun little thing we got to That's do. That's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. Let's go ahead and talk about the game, and we'll start on the Burnley one that, that you were at. Obviously, nil-nil. Felt like a snoozer for those of us that were just uh, relegated to watching it uh, on TV, or in the case of many of us, watching it from our desks at work. Shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> just looking at the game, not necessarily the experience at the stadium, Like, what were your thoughts of it? What's funny is I typically pay a lot, very close attention to player performance and so I, cause I really do pay attention to that kind of stuff. And I realized about halfway through the game, like I have no, all I know is wolves have had the ball the entire game. I can't <laughs> tell if they're playing well or if they're playing poor. I was so engulfed in the environment that it was really hard for me to focus on if anything, obviously the Adama where he hit the woodwork there, it was like gut wrenching that, yeah. that was awful. And, but like breaking down player performances i couldn't even tell you i couldn't even tell you (laughs) i i I was paying a lot of attention to to uh, ryan ain't nori and i thought he had a pretty good game but yeah i think it looking back yeah there really wasn't a lot of action wolves just had the ball like the whole time paul what were your thoughts on it gets dominated really with our memories from saturday it does yeah you are are trying to think back, well, what happened? What chances were created? And it just comes back time and time again to Adama's chance, doesn't it? That the only player that's going to get that opportunity is him and it blue pull or red pill. Does he take it on and go for glory, take the shot? Or does he pass? And he took that option and, and the rest's history. And for me, that was one of those games where it was a tricky opponent that we often struggle against. Wrighton was on the wall for a nil-nil or a draw. Mm-hmm. So just to get that first goal would have made a ton of difference. And for large parts, we did control the ball, did control possession. We did. We had some flashes in the forward play. But if he'd have scored or if we'd have got that first goal in the first half, we'd have probably gone on to win it quite comfortably. So it's fine margins, isn't it? It's a couple of inches lower and it's back in the back of the net rather than the bar. Yeah. Yeah, and that was, I felt Adama does get the criticism. And if you're going to level a fair criticism on him it was that he didn't pass there i know lodge has been trying to encourage his guys to take more shots but they weren't going to peel off adama they were very much on him and just but like you said it's only a couple inches really it was a good shot yeah yeah i thought it was going in when he kicked it from where i was i thought it was going in and i think who was it was it raul who was who he had the opportunity to pass Mm -hmm. to which i think that happened uh in the west ham game as well it's like he could have passed to Raul and he just doesn't and it's just it's a little frustrating but you're right he had the shot he could have made it so I think a lot of it is he just gets so much criticism you don't score goals you don't score goals so he's trying to like score goals to show hey I can do this but clearly he did enough in that game that Lodge felt uh, good enough to start him against Liverpool and really both games Adama performed well Paul were you glad to see him back in the lineup I was at some of the work from both of those games that pretty much everything went through him positively. And particularly if we're coming on to the Liverpool game, he was only really our one genuine outlet, very mm-hmm. much a backs against the wall performance. And that outlet was, was so crucial and it could have been, could have really paid off, especially in the second half. And, what he offers was the chance he crafted 
did when he, he brushed Van Dyke off the ball. And that's oh, the Adama yeah. that we know and love. Like, where's that been? And that was the opportunity. That would have been a bit of magic. And he, he teed uh, Wang up. Wang should have, again, he should have just leathered it, stuck yeah. his foot through it yep. and, and hoped for the best. That could have been the making of that game. And, and you turn a 1-0 defeat into a 1-0 back against the wall, fantastic performance. But I'm pleased he's doing well because attacking-wise, we just, again, that's three nil-nils on the bounce now. We're looking so anemic up front that it, it's scary that we're not really working the keeper. Alisson really didn't have a save to make. And I don't care about the opposition at home, whether it's Liverpool, Man City, Man United, Watford, Norwich, you have to be testing the keeper more when you're the home team that's not happening so he's got the shirt at the moment for me him Raul and, and one other so long may it continue it's just hope it clicks and the goals start flowing yeah Adam what I'm sure you talked to a ton of people while you're out there what is the consensus about Adama with the fans that are actually there because on Twitter it seems like it's 50 50 Obviously, there's major Adama stands like me, and then there's some that would sell them for a bag of beans. What were you finding with the people in the town and at the game, how they feel about him? The people I spoke to, I I feel like were excited to see him in the lineup against Burnley against that game. I was very excited to see him start against Liverpool. I, the reaction I got from the people I did talk to, though, was positive. I think you see what he's capable of. You see how terrified Liverpool was of him. Just mm-hmm. throwing five guys on him. Anytime he gets the ball, that's what's happening now is five guys surround him and he just blows right past him. And he's making opportunities that, frankly, Raul's not making. God forbid Trincao gets out there. He's not doing anything either. And so I'm with you. I feel like he right now he's got to be playing. I'm glad Potence will come back. That'll be nice, but I feel like I kept thinking about Adama, and if he does move on to another club and they just make the right tweak or do the right thing, like, you can see that happening. You can see him go somewhere, and they just put the right idea in his head, whatever that is, and all of a sudden he's unstoppable, which would be heartbreaking to see, but... He's just, it just feels, put him out there, like, hopefully something will click. Yeah, yeah, that's my biggest worry, is selling him off, and then he turns into one of those top players in whatever league he's in. Yep, yep, exactly. I'd even say Large made the wrong call on Saturday by taking him off, mm-hmm. and I'd, I'd, I'd have kept him on for the duration, just because he was our only threat, our only outlet. The ball wasn't sticking up top anyway with Raul, so he wasn't an outlet. I'm guessing he was probably only kept on for his defensive duties, that if it was corners or balls into the box, then he'd be dropping back to defend those. But I'd rather bought him off and just let Adar- left the Dharma on and said, occupy the last man, let them worry about you. And yeah, uh, I, I think it might have been a different story, might have hung on, but we'll yeah. never know. Yeah. And let's talk about that Liverpool game. Just heartbreaking 1-0 loss. It was really Aitnery getting hurt there with five minutes left to go was the difference. Guy had Salah in his pocket the entire game, came out. Look, Hoover's a young kid. He's a young kid. He's used to playing on the right. He was playing on the left. But he made two mistakes in a minute. He tried to think he was a Dama going down the field, turns over the ball, doesn't get back in time, and they get a nice pass into the box and past everybody how heartbreaking is that paul you think for the players you think that's something they'll be able to get over quickly i think so given the level of professionalism that goes into it but it must be gut-wrenching especially for one of those defenders that have put that effort in for 90 plus minutes like Sakodi, Sice even talked about at Nuri they all had really stellar games and I'd, if it was a game like that, I'd have rather it come down to Sar screwing up and running out of his box and <laughs> tapping it in rather than letting it go all the way through to the 90-plus minute and, and it happening like that. But I, it just seemed like it. 
that's Liverpool for you. It had such a horrible air of inevitability about it. And I had my fist in my hand when Diva Carigi was brought on because whenever he's been linked with the Wolves, everyone's been like, oh, he's shit. He's, he's a waste of time. Not fit to lace whoever's boots. I've always quite rated him and thought that I'd quite like to sign him, actually. And it just... That type of player, that type of profile, big bustling in around the box, I just had a bad feeling about it, which came off. So that was disappointing. We probably get away with it somewhat that it was Liverpool. I'm still a little disappointed that we weren't more, we didn't offer more offensively. Again, you've got to give these teams a game, go down fighting somewhat, but... Yeah, it's it, hopefully it's one they can chalk chalk up to experience, including the coach as well. Yeah, and I think you know a result like that, while it stings, like maybe that's a good result to go into Man City. Like they they are gonna want to get this taste out of their mouths, and so I don't know if there's anything positive that came from it. Maybe it's that. Maybe they'll have that little bit of extra motivation. Like we just played with Liverpool for 95 minutes, 94 minutes and, and gave maybe the greatest player in the world right now, like a run for his money. Maybe that'll benefit them going in, going up to, to Manchester. Yeah. Liverpool had that two game. What was it? 18 straight games scoring at least two goals. And I just incredible job by the defense. Eight Nori, I think everybody agrees, man of the match. Just incredible performance by him. Of course, Kilman, Saiz played good. And then Connor Cody, who was practically on one leg know, after hurting his ankle, and then probably with only one nut as well after that. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. Good job he's got three kids already. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what was going through your mind, Adam, when you see Saw come out? And I, I, I was standing up in my living room just screaming, no, no. <laughs> and and I was almost like when Cody got in front of it, I just I was like, wait, what happened? Wait, did I miss did, that had to have gone in? What uh-huh. did I that had to have Cody? What a game. I mean, like that's 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 the captain right there. That's the guy who for the young players is showing them. Like, leading by example, this is what it takes. This is what this team is about. Like, he was hurt and mm-hmm. played that game better than almost anybody else and and did everything he had to do. And, man, what a, like, what an amazing game for him that, again, hopefully you, these all these young players are looking at him and going, yes, okay, that, that's, I'm going to be that kind of player. And Paul Lodge came out today and said that Connor Cody has been battling an ankle injury, not just during that game, but for the last few games. How should we be super concerned about that? I think so. Basically, squad depth predominantly, and it doesn't seem like we've got an alternate to the back five at the moment. So if you take him out, he plays that position as the sweeper, as that central defender exquisitely. So we 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 could be really struggling if he comes out in the next couple of weeks for sure. Yeah. And how we how are we gonna fix this attack? <laughs> we need Pedro Neto back. Yeah. <laughs> that would help. <laughs> I'd love to see Johnny come back. That would help. That I was I'm trying to remind myself that too. If Neto comes back, man, what a boost in the arm that'll be. That would he would have been so nice to have these last couple games and really this whole season. I mean, without him, I don't know. Like I don't Trincao doesn't really feel like an answer. Huang started out great. I thought against Liverpool, he seemed really tentative, like almost scared to touch the ball. It was so weird. There was a point where he was, there was a ball coming towards him. He started running towards it, but then a Liverpool player was coming and he was just kind of backed off. And and yeah, yeah. Doing. And he got yanked two minutes later. And I, I don't know if it was because of that, but like, I was, I literally turned to my wife and go, where's he going? I know you're a small guy, but come on. So that was pretty frustrating. Hey, if you're nicknamed the bull, you have to be ready to get in there. Exactly. I almost, it's funny. Um, we stayed in the same hotel that the players stay in there. And we were just like out and we were coming back from somewhere. And 
Huang, he got out of the elevator just as I was, and I literally almost ran him over. And I thought that I was like, there's, I would have been funny if the, the bowl got knocked down by me. I'm not that big of a guy. So. <laughs> I bet you were sorry you hadn't touched up on your Korean, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Paul, what are we going to do lineup-wise to fix this? Do you think you just have to throw out what we've done the last couple games? I don't really know what options we have right now. Yeah, the the only, I, I don't know, it's like, even if Cody has to come out, is that the prompt to, to push us to play a four by default? And I think for one thing, the start of this season has shown that Kilman certainly comfortable on the right so could he could he do a job in a uh, on the right side of a two it's going to be in the un, into the unknown a little but we might have to see and i know size i think plays for uh, morocco mm-hmm. as the left center back in the four as well so he's not totally unaccustomed to it so d- does that force us into a ch- change of shape due to personnel and we get some attacking intent from that way it just seems there's no there's no real take sure there's no real spark at the moment and again for one reason or another potence is in and out if his illness okay we, we we put that down to that rather than any serious injury or muscle issues or anything like that so that offers such some promise but it's like we can't really see anyone it really starts stood out and really doing anything of no creativity wise to re- to really be that spark. So I don't know. It's, it, I'm stumped at the moment with them. Yeah, I am as well. And I, like you said, it's a weak bench right now. There were rumors that have come out now that Fabio Silva had an argument with somebody on the backroom staff. Is I know you've been hesitant to say he needs to go out on loan because you want to be still there helping with his development. Are you still feeling the same way? Yeah, but that that somewhat offers question marks, doesn't it? What is going on behind the scenes and much of the talk at large and his background where he was this youth player specialist and has a good handle on bringing those types of plays through. But you don't know, do you? What? Still a young kid. You forget about that. Still in a new country. Could be hugely frustrated by not having the playing time, just as much as we might be frustrated with him not contributing. Like you expect a thirty-five million pound striker to do. So there's all these factors going to it. I, I don't know. If it was just him as an outlier, there may be some concern. But then. Who was it? Was it Hoover and Trincao were also mentioned that mm-hmm. they needed telling to, to to go out there? And again, it's, it's young kids a little bit. I'm not too sure how much to heart I'm taking taking these reports, but yeah, I I, I don't know. Would would it be valuable to to send him out, get that experience? Could make him or break him. I generally don't know which way is the best call on that one. Adam, I'm going to ask you the question, except I'm going to put it in uh, Cubs terms. Do uh, you think Fabio Silva is going to be more of the Chris Bryant prospect or the Corey Patterson prospect? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Corey Patterson. And for those that don't know the Cubs, that's not good. No, it's not. Yeah, Corey, Corey Patterson was this, what was this, 2001, 2002, and, and came up as a highly touted prospect. Had Had some good moments, had some times where it was like, yeah, he might, this might be a thing. And then he suffered an awful injury running to first base. He just ran across the base weird and just freak thing. And it just was, it was a bust after that. And and yeah, no, that's a great question. I love that question. (laughs) (laughs) Us Cubs fans in misery. Yeah, Corey Patterson was, and it does compare to Fabio in the fact that here, guys, when you're looking at baseball-wise, huge prospects coming up. But at the same time, you're investing all this money early in them, but it's just potential until they actually do something. And I know we saw flashes with Fabio last year, but man, we just haven't seen it this year. One guy who has been showing flashes is Morgan Gibbs-White. Adam, do you want to see him come back to the club in January or you want to sell him? I want, again, at this point, not knowing, hopefully Neto comes back. Hopefully we get Johnny back. 
what other options do we have? I feel the way he's been performing down there, Sheffield, like, like, I think I'd love to see him in Wolves colors one last time and and let's see what he's got. Let's see what he's got at the Premier League level. Why not? I'm going to be majorly pissed off if we haven't got some type of first 11 investment in January, even if it's just a one player. But then on the flip side, if you offered me now, if you said if you want to bring a, a midfielder, attacking midfielder who's doing well in the championship, like five goals, four assists, these man of the matches. If you get the chance to bring him in, uh, another centre-back who's doing well in the championship that's <laughs> had all these clean sheets of Birmingham, Birmingham City. Oh, and you've also got potentially a left wing-back who's got the most assists in the league for Cardiff City. You'd be licking your lips. Yeah, it seems they are our own <laughs> players. It's somewhat looked at, well... Oh, well, yeah, I'm not so sure. So that it's some weird paradox that we've got this talent, but seems it's not in the here and now, or they haven't necessarily done it before going away, then they're some, somewhat looked down upon. But isn't that the whole point of a bloody loan in the first place? So, Do you, are you confident in those guys that they're not just championship level players that Deion Sanderson and Gibbs White, that they can actually play at a Premier League level? Yeah, that's the $35 million question, isn't it? That we, you just don't know. It, we in such a kind of catch 22 that they got to get the experience somewhere that do, do they shine and that's, that's the boost that they need to come back and and it's not necessarily the the stage that we're at now it's not necessarily just taking a a spot on the bench we've got to be looking to those players to potentially start and make a difference so it's a huge jump from championship into a Premier League squad never mind first 11 so I'd rather bring them in and, and see if we are going to be restricted in January onwards, personnel-wise. Yeah, I know. We were texting today, and you're convinced there's not going to be any moves except for recalling those guys on loan. I Again, I, I'm i hoping there's one, at least one, may, maybe two, but that's terribly optimistic for the Wolves, and, and even more so in the January transfer window which is the worst out of the two. But then again, I, I don't I don't want to disrupt those guys' development if they're coming back and either not starting or settling for minutes off the bench because as Gibbs-White's proved that it's not been fruitful for him these past 18 months in and out. So if that's going to be the case, I, I'd leave him for the season and make do. And Adam, we, we asked this question of pretty much every guest. Adama, is he a Wolves player at the end of January? Oh, I think he is. I think he is for all the reasons we've said. I, I think he is. I think maybe he goes in the summer, but no, I think he's on. I think he's still with Wolves in January. See, I knew I liked you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this Saturday, it's another big one going up against Man City. We've had some success against them in the past, not necessarily last year, but Paul, what are your early thoughts with this game coming up? It is early thoughts with that horrible 6.30 Central and 4.30 for Adam on the West Coast. Brutal. you know me, we've got a terrible record in that particular kickoff time. So I've I'll written. I know because I wake up at four thirty to watch. Yeah, they always <laughs> lose. I know. I'm like, what? What's the point? I've written it off based on the the kickoff time, regardless of the opponent. So exactly. I've just got a feeling that that we're going to lose, and it's going to be by how many? Unfortunately. Negative Nancy today. Yeah. <laughs> Adam, what do you think the lineup's going to look like, assuming Cody can go? I think it's, I think it's, pro- well, 
It'll be interesting to see with Huang. I think that'll be interesting. Does Potence come in instead? I think he's Huang's kind of my wild card. I think for for the match. I think maybe it looks like it did on Saturday, but I think they got to get Potence in there because they they got to do something for the offense. And I think that's really again the only answer we have at this point. So they got to slot him in somewhere. I, I feel like he has mm-hmm. to start. Paul, what do you think? I I'm going that we still going to play that defensive setup. Probably be I'd probably be inclined to go three in the midfield, who unfortunately picked themselves, and go with <laughs> Raul and uh, Traore up front, and have Raul try and drop a little deeper, leave Traore on as the, as the last man, and see if we can get any uh, feeding off scraps that way. But that worked two years ago. Did yeah, but. You know what? What's happened to Dendonka during that time? And he's the shadow of the the player that could have been potential. What we were looking for as a centre midfield fielder, box to the box, rarely pops up with a chance anymore. So it just seems that they, again, I'm looking for all this great creativity or someone to bust a gut and get on the end of a cross from, from the midfield, whether it's the Dendonka or whomever. And I'm looking around, who's it going to be? So that's that's how I'd, I'd go ultra defensive and see if we could get them on the break. Yeah, yeah I agree. I think they're going to, I think this may be like old Nuno ball, this game, just try and soak up the pressure and hope you can hit a counter or two. And you never know. They've had some success against Man City because Man City's so attacking. I definitely don't think they'll be having a ton of the ball like they did against Burnley. That's for sure. No. (laughs) So now let's hear what the opposition fans are thinking about this weekend's game. And we're delighted to welcome back Jolie and Mole from Noisy Neighbors Manchester City podcast. Guys, how's it going? Hey, yeah, good. Thanks for having us. It's going brilliant, well. brilliant lads. Thanks for having us again. Good to see yeah. you. You were only you were our second ever guest. Is that right, Paul? Am Freaking I getting that right? Much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so second good. ever opposition preview. So yeah, one of the originals. Nice to come back to it for sure. Let's go, jeez, oh, baby. Good to be back. <laughs> <laughs> How you boys been? We've been good. We've been good. Not as good as Man City has been this year. Not many teams can say they are. Yeah, I remember it going a bit like this last time. <laughs> <laughs> Having to sort of temper our excitement. But you're correct. We're, we're doing well again. So based on Wolves' recent away games, including this past Saturday, it seems like they're setting up with the specific intention of not losing. So how does Manchester City and Pep really play into that to not disregard the setup and really play to the strengths of the club well that's 85 to 90 percent of the clubs we play now mm-hmm. home or away it doesn't matter everyone just sets up to not lose so Pepperly doesn't have to change much we play how we play and it's kind of up to the opposition to stop us and it, that sounds very arrogant and everything but they, that's just the state of things these days this isn't this isn't the Mark Hughes city from all those years ago where kind of anybody could come in and take some points. We're going to play how we're going to play. And honestly, we're used to teams setting up with with a bunch of guys and behind the ball, and we just kind of break them down. Well, Yeah, I, I really like this question because my first reaction was that now more than ever, Pep is, quote-unquote, disregarding who we're playing against. And he has a system that he just rolls out the same thing every week. But having said that, I felt it does Pep a little bit of a disservice in that I know he looks at the opposition really closely every week. And while to the naked eye, it might look like the same setup, quote unquote, there are things, there are nuances about the way he sets us up that he will have picked. He will have picked Wolves, whoever the opponent is, videos, what have you, for as long as he could to find little advantages you could create depending on uh, who he thinks might Wolves might put out. It's a little bit of both for me because he's definitely doing his homework on Wolves. But I think more than ever, he the, the Champions League final accepted. He's pretty much sticking with the same thing. And yeah, f- depending on uh, not depending on who we're playing. If so, yeah. I mean, I a defensive a good, midfielder. Yeah. 
<laughs> anyway, I, I have a feeling that's still a sore subject, huh? Yeah, it is. A it bit. is. <laughs> so, so she got two worldies. Yeah, you got Rodri and Fernandinho, and he didn't play either of them. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's allowed one brain fart, right? It's not like you guys were going up against a huge rival from the same league. <laughs> it's not like he's tinkered with the lineup in the Champions League and been punished before or anything. <laughs> so when it comes to those nuances, do you think it comes down to a particular informed player or players or maybe a positional group that could pose the biggest threat to us come Saturday? Yeah, it's obviously going to be some of the choices he has to make. Who's he put on the wings? Because I'll I, I tell you, from the goalkeeper through probably the two attacking midfielders, our lineup is pretty set at the moment. It's just that front three that changes a lot. And he he has to determine whether he's going to play uh, wingers on their natural footed side or he's going to invert them. And a lot of times it has to do with the pace of who the fullbacks are and just who he thinks is going to have more joy either cutting in or going around the back because he doesn't use the fullbacks to go around the back much anymore. He, he, he wants the wingers doing that. But in terms of in four players, Paul, really, you've probably seen it, but Bernardo Silva is playing out of his mind. He's hit levels close to this before, particularly, was it 18, 19? When like we years ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah, when we went back to back and beat Liverpool in that death march to the title, if you remember that back and forth until the very end. He hit really high levels then, but he's even eclipsed that now, I think. Do you agree with me, Joey? Yeah, yeah, This I think this is the best version we've seen. This is better than three years ago. It's better than when we first got him, and it's better than he was when he was at Monaco. This is, he's, to me, he's the best midfielder in the league, potentially the best midfielder on form on the planet right now. Yeah, he's a monster. And he's just one of the guys that's in ridiculous form right now. We've got Bernardo. We've got Joao Cancelo, who is the best left back at the club, even if he's maybe the second best right back at the club. I don't know how the, I don't know how you rank that. He's, he's probably the best in both, honestly. Again, maybe, like arguably the best fullback in the league right now. It's, it's a guy that's he's playing a position that I don't think any of, anybody's seen before. <laughs> he's just creating tons of chances from this withdrawn left-sided midfield type thing. It's a weird, it's a weird setup and he uses the outside of his right foot the way anybody else uses the inside of their left. So that's not fair. And then in the middle, Rodri has become just a rock. You can't play around him. You've got, there's two midfielders and the left back are both in ridiculous form. Ruben Diaz was just named best center back on the planet, I think, by ESPN. So that's okay. And then Raheem Sterling recently has figured out how to play again. Yeah, things are going pretty good. And Bernardo, Cancelo, and Rodri, none of them will be playing tomorrow against Leipzig. They have not made the trip. So fully rested. We're through the group already. So yeah. for once, we've made a decision of maybe let's not risk an injury, eh? Let's let the guys rest a bit. Have you guys been happy with Jack Grealish? Do you think he was worth the money? Do you want to go first, Joey? Yeah, sure. I'm happy with him. I think people that are down on him or down on the transfer or anything, take the number out of it. Any player that comes into this system, and, and go, you can go back and look at any of them. Any player that's come into this system has struggled in the first year and a half to two years just because you're going from learning under Dean Smith to Pep Guardiola in this instance. It's a massive difference. Tactically, you're asked to do much more. This year alone, Jack has been asked to play as an eight on the left, on the right, as a traditional nine, and as a false nine, and as a ten. You get a lot thrown at you. And I think he's going to be fine. He pops up in spaces that cause a lot of problems. He still gets fouled a lot. He's got a good, seems like he's forming a good relationship with the guys that do play in the, in those two attacking midfield roles for us. So yeah, I've got no concerns. And I think this time next year, everyone's going to probably say it, it might've even been a bargain. So with the way the market's going to be, teams are going to have money again. Prices are going to go through the roof. 
Yeah. It might just be okay. <laughs> I think I can say with a large degree of confidence that he's going to turn out to be a good signing. <laughs> so he's, he's, he's just that. And we've got that, that Villa, the linger still, still over him. Take those blinkers off and he, he, he's one talented kid. So yeah. I think you only, you only see that, what I see from when you stick him in an England team as well. So similar right. parallels there, that different collection of players, not his natural position per se, but always looks pretty good. So yeah, I think it'll be astute. I agree. And is there any particular Achilles heel that you guys potentially have at home that may play into Wolves hands slightly? Yeah. I don't even know if it's home or I think it's just, it is a thing. Obviously, because of how we set up, we're always vulnerable on the counter. And that's how everyone plays against us. So the issue would be, so say Cancelo is playing left fullback for us, yeah? You're going to stick Adama Traore high up on the right, yeah? Okay, we figured this out, and then we know what's going to happen. <laughs> okay, that's where the ball is I'll, going. I'll email Pep. Yeah, Cancelo. So the, so, the, so the worry would be Cancelo gets trapped up high. And then there's the out ball. It's just a matter of whether or not Bruno is willing to let. If he's willing to carry one guy high and let City have more players down near the box. I think the other issue that City have, and it's not even it's it's not a tactical thing. It's not a. It's not a pep issue, I don't think it's sometimes we just the goals dry up. Sometimes we're just not clinical. And that's when the argument starts coming out of if they had a traditional number nine, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. It just happens sometimes. You face enough teams that put 10 men behind the ball. Sometimes you just can't find space or you can't get any clear-cut chances. So I I would say that. It's the counterattack, particularly in this match, over on that side, over on on, on our left, your right. The other thing would be if the goals dry up. What do you think, Mold? Yeah, I largely agree with you, mate. However, I would say I think Pep has done an amazing job of tightening up that issue mm-hmm. over the last 12 months. And I would suggest to you a third Achilles heel that we've seen more this year. The man and with that, three legs. <laughs> it is what Southampton and Crystal Palace both had success with against us, and that is breaking up City's rhythm. The City are very rhythm-driven side and if they can stay in rhythm they can be deadly you just can't get the ball off of them so what palace and southampton did was they had to play with a really high energy level to do it and accomplish it but they blocked off certain patterns and made it really difficult for city to play out of the back and it just it it was like throwing a wrench in the in the works and nothing was adding up nothing was working and I think we ended up goalless in both of those games. So I would suggest to you that Wolves' best best option the weekend is not like it used to be. It's not probably the Triore over the top, whatever, yeah. through ball. Yeah. It is Boom probably ball. trying to get 11 players who will work their asses off and block passing lanes and just disrupt City and hope you can grab a goal. So that's what I would say. Well, the good news for you guys is we can't even guarantee Adama's going to start the game. Sick. That does rule. <laughs> Take that. That's right. kind of been, been the big question. The, these last two games were the first games in a while that he had actually started the game. I, it wouldn't shock us if he started on the bench, to be he's honest. He's burnt so many times, and we've yeah. seen him burn other teams so many times that he's just he's the first thing in, in everybody's <laughs> mind. So, How much would Man City pay to get him on the roster, just so you'd never have to face him again. Now that you're saying he's not paying a bunch, we'll give you a bag of balls and a, I don't know, <laughs> Jaffa cakes or something. We just want one attacking midfielder. Just yeah. one. Just okay. One we can do that. We can do that. I'm sure we you got one laying, we we got one laying around yeah, somewhere. I'll add that to the end of the email. Or yeah. Ruben. We we take Ruben Diaz. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's fine. Just give us your stadium. <laughs> and Traore and a hundred million, and then we'll talk at least. <laughs> Honestly, that might not be a bad deal. <laughs> I'm actually going to be at this game, lads. I'm gonna yeah, you leave there. in like two days. Yeah. Right? Oh, I'm nice gonna, one. I'm leaving on Thursday, and I will be there. So 
I'm, I'm a well-known I'm a well-known jinx uh, <laughs> amongst city circles. So congratulations on the win. It's all right. I've, <laughs> I've got a well-known jinx of the kickoff time. We don't do well at that. The early, early one. Yeah, yeah the they say the same about us. Yeah. So there, yeah, bunch of different factors going on there. <laughs> yeah, no Adama Traore, but Mulv is there. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't know. Maybe it's a draw. Nil, <laughs> nil. <laughs> yeah, nil, for nil. sure. So let's look at some predictions here. Adam, what are you going with for this game? God. Oh. <sighs> What am I going with this game? I I don't think they win this game. I think it's probably I'm gonna they're gonna get a goal. They're gonna score. I think it's gonna be a three one. Three one. Not worth the four thirty wake up call. Not worth the four thirty, but I'll do it anyway. <laughs> Paul, I'm getting an idea. Yours is gonna be similar. But mine uh mine ends with a nil. So oh. it's <laughs> It's whatever number goes in front of that, I'm afraid. So I'll go 3-0. Defeat. Yeah, just to be obvious. You know what? I've done pretty well predicting stuff lately. I predicted those two draws against Norwich and Burnley. I was all over that. I'm going to say Wolves. This is one of those... See, this is the thing about Wolves. I looked at... Norwich and I looked at Burnley and I said, okay, those are draws because those are games they should win. And it's just, it's Wolves. They're not going to do it. But then with this tough stretch, they always seem to pick one off that they're not supposed to. And they almost got a point from Liverpool. They've won in this stadium before. I'm going to say, golly, and it's so dumb of me to even have them scoring two goals, but two to one. I love this. Why not? Late goal. I think Wayne comes off the bench and delivers the winner. All right. Good for you. I love that. Yeah, I, it's just that's it's the way I was looking at this schedule because they're in eighth place right now. And look, if they don't start getting some points come January, they may be bottom half of the table, which would stink with the good start. But it's just the way it is, the schedule. And you know how Wolves are, man. It's these little teams. They play down to them, but then they go up against the Liverpool and look how awesome they were defensively. There was a difference between those two potential nail games between Burnley and Burnley and Liverpool. Yep. Yep. All right. So Adam, we're coming to the end here. If anybody from the U.S. is wanting to go to Wolverhampton for a game, what's the best advice you can give them? Go up and immerse yourself in the fandom and immerse yourself in the city and stay at the Novo Hotel, which is where the players stay before the game. And I got to see them all walk through the lobby, which was, which was really cool. And no one was bothering them. That was like so cool. Like they were just walking through and everyone was just like, hey. And we just sat there and watched. And we went to all the pubs and talked to people and everyone was so nice don't be scared to go sit in the south bank i'm sitting in the south bank next time I, i'm absolutely sitting in the <laughs> south bank next time just go and and, and immerse yourself in, in it and enjoy it and people kept saying oh you're going to wolverhampton from los angeles man i loved it there it was just a nice little i loved it and friendly people drink a lot of beer it was great <laughs> <laughs> and money investment wise what should guys that have never made that trip what should they plan to to save up the novo sells 100 bucks a night or something like that and i think no, even if you call ahead there's a wolves package you get like breakfast with it or something the train we took a train from london from houston to to wolverhampton and i feel like it was like 80 bucks round trip or something like that i could be wrong it wasn't bad and tickets i had the international membership which was like 37 bucks or 37 pounds 45 dollars something like that the tickets total with the membership was like 90 bucks which again for american sports oh. that's like nothing yeah, that's nothing and eating and drinking over there is not expensive in wolverhampton so i wish i would have stayed an extra day in wolverhampton to be honest we went back to london i wish i would have stayed an extra day it really was a lot more cost efficient the flights were the worst the most expensive mm -hmm. part so Get a good deal on that flying to London. I know some people fly into Manchester and go down from there, but from LA, it was a little easier to, to go right to London. Awesome. awesome. So, and uh, go ahead and share with our listeners how they can connect with you and interact with you. Yeah, I'm on Twitter and uh, Instagram as Hey Dude, I'm Adam. 
feel free to give me a follow and shoot me a message. And if you're for going out to Wolverhampton, want any tips? I'll tell you what I know, but Wolves fans are very happy to share their advice as well. So it's awesome. Awesome. Really good to have you on, Adam. Thanks. Oh man, thank you guys for having me. I, I listen to you guys every now and then, so this is. Cool. Oh, you I do? Think. That's oh, that's good to know. I have times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that brings this week's show to an end. Please continue to do what you can in terms of liking, subscribing, and reviewing a whole lot of Wolves on the podcast platform that you find yourself listening to us on. We'll be back again early next week to review the Man City performance as it's another double header. Brighton at home on Wednesday the 15th and then Chelsea on the Sunday. So in the meantime, up the Wolves. Oh,